1: Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Your liberty-loving Latino amigo, happy to be here with you tonight. It's Thursday, and of course, if you want to join us on our late-night town hall conversation, feel free to do so, 8334-VALDEZ is the number. And of course, there's a bunch of breaking news tonight, right? We've got uh, former Trump advisor Peter Navarro was found guilty of contempt of Congress by a jury in Washington, D.C. Now, this is interesting because former Attorney General Eric Holder and other Democrats uh, historically have been held in contempt of Congress, and nothing has happened. Now, I could sit here and say, well, this is unfair. It's a two-tiered system of justice, but I'm not going to say that. And I like Peter Navarro, and he's been on the show, and, uh, and he's welcome to come on anytime. But that's not my issue. My issue is that a little old lady walking down the street with a pocketbook full of money and a bad guy walking in the opposite direction is always going to rob her until he knows that he can't rob her. And the correlation is Republicans are going to continue to be pummeled by Democrats until they stand up to the Democrats. That's the bottom line. They know that because our philosophy is get off my back and out of my pocket, leave me alone, I just want to do my own thing, I'm just here to do what I got to do, and their thing is to be in your face, to be in your business, to go after you, to destroy you, to change the game, to change the system, to make sure that they can win. If you know that's their game, you have to fight that way. Punto y final, right? Period, the end. That's the only way. And listen, I, I don't want Republicans to weaponize the 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 legal system or anything else that they have. We don't weaponize the government to go after Democrats, but we have to play the same game, right? You don't want to walk up to somebody and hit them in the face with a bottle. But if somebody walks up to you and hits you with a bottle, look for the bottle on the floor and hit them back, right? I think you have to fight fire with fire is the saying, right? And and the the issue that I have here is – I think that we need to be more aggressive. Now, once I had a caller called in this program and said, you know, what we have to do is have every Republican attorney general, every Republican county prosecutor get out there and just start indicting Democrats. Now, and I told him, I don't think that's the answer. The answer is not to just sit there and become them, to become the enemy, to do what they do. I think we can use part of that strategy, right? I think we can definitely go after where, the criminality where we find it, where we see it. And that's what needs to be done. Right. So the fact that we gave a pass to Eric Holder because of collegiality or professional courtesy or whatever it was, what did that get us? It got us this former White House trade advisor is now, um, you know, not only was he locked up and put in leg irons, but he also he's now been found guilty. So he's got to go through the appeals process and, and he's out there, you know, saying things like he's willing to go to jail for the cause and all that. And look, it's commendable. I get that. But this should never happen. And the way you make sure it doesn't happen is you fight back. Right? I want you to listen to this uh, audio clip from
2: Peter Navarro. This is a landmark case that's bound for the Supreme Court. Why do I say that? This is the first time in the history of our republic that a senior White House advisor, an alter ego of the president, has ever been charged with the alleged crime now he's right and
1: this is egregious and i'm not disagreeing with anything he says but i am saying republicans need to stop turning a blind eye to the criminality of the democrats and do what they can where they can that's the only way you check these people when people want to go above and beyond to come and get you for whatever reason Right, things that nobody's ever been arrested for, and all of a sudden everybody's getting arrested. They're arresting uh, Trump people, Trump, anything related to Trump. They're going to lock you up. I'm surprised they haven't come knocking on my door yet. <laughs> you talk about Trump on your radio show, we're going about to indict you, lock you up, ask you questions, all sorts of crazy. Right, it's, it's it's ridiculous what's going on. Now, Peter Navarro
2: had a point, but he continued. Listen to this. They had a policy for more than 50 years that says. People like me, senior White House advisors, alter egos of the president, cannot be compelled, cannot be compelled to testify before Congress. Absolute. Yet they brought the case.
1: Of course they brought the case. And the reason they brought the case is because they want to destroy him. They want to destroy Trump. They want to create a narrative in the media that every last Republican out there is a bad guy. And then you've got other Republicans out there that don't like Trump, so they jump onto this narrative and they make it seem what Now, listen, this could be a fundamental difference of opinion. Okay, that's fine. You don't have to agree with me. I'm not saying that Navarro or Trump or anybody else is a saint. Uh, I am saying that the other side is playing unfair and if they're going to play unfair, we have to play the same game they're playing. Doesn't mean we have to be unfair. We just have to retaliate fairly in an unfair fight. That's all I'm saying. And lamentably it's not happening. But James Comer, he's chairman of the Oversight Committee. He stepped up today. And and he's been he's been not today, I don't mean it to sound that way. He's been out there doing what he has to do. He's a Republican from Kentucky. And I think he's doing the right thing today. He announces that we might just have enough to launch this impeachment inquiry into President Biden. Now, that's the type of fighting we need to have. Listen to this.
3: Uh, I do believe that we have the votes for impeachment inquiry. I think that uh, with the revelation of all these emails that uh, Joe Biden was communicating with Hunter Biden about his business, about all of the corruption that he was involved in. I think that was the straw that broke the the camel's back with a few of the Republicans that were a little nervous about going the route of impeachment inquiry. They realized that we need this tool uh, to be able to win in court because that's where we're headed. Uh, We've just about picked all the low-hanging fruit. Uh, Now we've, we've, uh, I guess, surprised the Biden legal team by the route we went. I think they thought we would start on day one Uh, In subpoena Hunter Biden. If we had done that, it would have been locked up in court. And any request we had, they would have said there's pending litigation. And they would have run the clock out. But we got the shell companies. We got the bank records of the shell companies. So we built a case, Rob, that'll win in court.
1: 20 shell companies, millions of dollars. Nobody knows where it came, where it went. The uh, special counsel is now looking to indict Hunter Biden on the gun charge that they were going to give him a pass on. And I would bet, again, that's more lawfare, that's more legalese to say, you know, if we get him on a gun charge, he'll do whatever amount of time he's got to do for the gun charge, but it takes the, the heat off of the criminality with you and uh, Hunter, with President Biden and Hunter. Makes sense to me. If I was his lawyer, I'd tell him that too. Give him something that, you know, the media can go to town with that and say when he was an addict, he lied on an application, and, you know, that's it. Who doesn't have an addict in their family? Blah, 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 blah. Play a sympathy card. And they can do that all day long and say, look, and he's paying the price, and he's going to go to jail, and he's going to pay a fine. He's going to do whatever. And that's likely what they're going to do. But the bottom line here is there's a lot of funny business going on. And the, the, the media has been silent. Republicans have been way too, I'm going to call it weak need, right? I think they're weak in the knees because they need to step up. And there's a few Republicans out there that are standing up. They're fighting for what they believe in. They're fighting for We the People. They're fighting for America. One of them is uh, Republican Congresswoman Claudia Tenney from New York. And she's trying to take Mayorkas to task, joining other Republicans, saying, you know what? We're going to defund Alejandro Mayorkas for his failures at the border. That's a start. And we're going to get to her momentarily. Give us a call, 833-4-VALDEZ.
0: This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. With Rich Valdez.
2: I said from the beginning, this is going to the Supreme Court. I said from the beginning, I am willing to go to prison to settle this issue. I'm willing to do that. But I also know that the likelihood of me going to prison is relatively small because we are right on this issue.
1: Uh, That's Peter Navarro, who was, uh, again, found guilty of contempt of Congress. Could you believe that? I I can't. I mean, of course, I believe it happened, but it's just shocking that it did. We've got that. We've got James Comer coming out, swinging lots of news to discuss. Congresswoman Claudia Tenney's joined a a group of Republicans to uh, defund Alejandro Mayorkas and his uh, shenanigans at the border. And Congresswoman Tenney from New York is with us now. Congresswoman, welcome back.
4: Well, thank you. Nice to be on. Good to be on with you. You bet. So let's, uh,
1: if you don't mind, I want to get your reaction to a couple of things because in the last couple of hours we've heard uh, Chairman Comer talk about there might be enough uh, votes for an impeachment inquiry. And we've heard about Navarro getting uh, arrested and then uh, found guilty uh, today. And uh, I'm just curious, what's, what's your thought on that?
4: Uh, Well, first of all, I mean, I, I guess I don't know where to start. Uh, The impeachment vote i think we're we're so uh close to having that i think it's going it's getting harder and harder for democrats to really say no at this point i do think there is some sentiment among democrats that they want to find a way to offload biden without actually having to push him out but maybe have him forced out to this type of situation because all of it is there in plain sight i mean you've got What was brought out by Chairman Jason Smith on the Ways and Means Committee that I serve on from the whistleblowers? Uh, That was confirmed by the FBI informant that uh, Senator Grassley put out, a credible FBI informant confirming uh, the payments made, uh, the bribery uh, attempts by the Bidens, uh, the money laundering uh, through uh, the laptop uh, messaging, you know, which Nobody's really talking about except me and a couple others is, you know, Joe Biden, his son actually says to his daughter, I'm going to give you all the money this time. I'm not going to have to split it with dad or I'm not going to have to pay dad's expenses. All this stuff is out there. We know Joe Biden used his son and his family as a proxy to enrich himself using his position uh, and that's and, and laundered this money through so he wouldn't have to count it on an FEC report, uh, which makes all of this chargeable felonious. Uh, The intent was there to deceive the American people. He's in a position of trust. And then you get to the suspicious activity reports, which I hope you're going to talk about with James Comer and the overwhelming evidence that's coming out. We actually have a situation where you have, I think, the most corrupt president in American history, who's actually engaged in all these crimes and engaged in the cover up using the Department of Justice A dirty cop like Merrick Garland, who's willing to help him slow walk this, cover it up, prosecute innocent people, going after people like Peter Navarro, using state attorneys generals, bringing people into, you know, from various places, from Georgia and other places, coordinating with the Department of Justice at the state level, Alvin Bragg in New York City, bringing these actions in places where President Trump doesn't have a chance, Peter Navarro doesn't have a chance. It's all you know, calculated, malicious prosecution, abusive process right before our eyes. And yet Joe Biden's trying to cover it up. You've got the Department of Justice slow walking it. You've got this, uh, you know, now a former uh, AG, now special counsel, Weiss, who never should have been appointed as special counsel in the first place because it looks like he lied, uh, especially based on the the, uh, whistleblower testimony from Gary Shapley, who was one of the IRS whistleblowers. He also you know, brought a gun charge uh, against Hunter Biden when he was never indicted. So uh, now he's gone back and said, oh, I think I've got to indict him now before I bring the gun charge in a plea deal. They're trying desperately to make this go away, but it's not going away. And the American people see it. Even a lot of Democrats that are like that are, you know, reasonable are seeing this happen. Independents are seeing it. 80 percent of the people out there know there's something wrong. The big problem is they don't want to put Kamala Harris in. How do they get her out? and put someone like a Gavin Newsom in. So we've got, you know, worse than Watergate, you know, the, you've got the Biden, the president and the former vice president engaged in this and then also engaged in the coverup. You know, people always go after President Nixon, but look, Nixon, the, guy, the, the he had some bad guys that did some stuff. He didn't do it. We know that from reading all the books on Watergate, but he engaged in the coverup. So we've got a president who's doing it. He's got all of it. And the worst you've, we've seen in American history, So I think that there's just no way that the Democrats, even a few in the House, especially in vulnerable seats. And I think when you get into the Senate, you're going to have some Democrats that are going to have to say, wow, is this something that I'm going to subscribe to? You know, and I think they're trying to create uh, with all this, you know, flurry of uh, of 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 phony lawsuits against President Trump, they're trying to create some kind of moral equivalence. Like, oh, see, President Trump, he's got all these charges against him, too. Things that no reasonable prosecutor would ever bring. Remember James Comey famously mm-hmm. said about Hillary Clinton and her covering up with the emails and, and you know, bleach bidding uh, servers and all the comp- classified and confidential violations, crimes that she committed and never got charged with. So I think it's all coming back on the Democrats. They want it to go away. The best way they think it can go away now, I just feel this is happening, is to get rid of Joe Biden and let him off and, and just get him out of there and move on to something else so they can focus on maligning President Trump and anyone affiliated with him.
1: Well, I think you're 100 percent right on, on everything you mentioned. And one of the things that you just mentioned, Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, is that they, some Democrats may want to unload Joe Biden, but uh, some are concerned about putting Kamala Harris in office. And I understand their concern. For putting kamala harris in office because it's been my opinion that i think she's like the dream candidate to run against i think she's incredibly beatable am i alone in that opinion
4: no i think she's very beatable and that's what they're worried about you know she's she doesn't present herself well uh she has no record of achievement she's highly unpopular among all demographics and and across the board and she's probably the most beatable Along, i would say i don't know how anyone can vote for gavin newsom that would be like voting for kathy hochel who's one of the worst governors uh, in, this, in the country. But again, people don't know, false narratives get created by the mainstream media. Everyone thinks Joe Biden's a nice guy. Joe Biden is not a nice guy, in my opinion, and he's never been a nice guy. He is in, engaged in, in nefarious, in my case, or just just bad, act. He's, he's not smart, he's corrupt, he's a plagiarist, he's leveraged himself, but he's always gotten this pass from the media, and Obama brought him out and stuck him in as vice president, And he was able to get away with a lot of this stuff because he was a ceremonial vice president and got himself into trouble here. And he's got a big mouth and he he doesn't know when to shut up. And he's put himself out there thinking he's so arrogant. He's been protected for so long. By the way, like most Democrats in the media's eye, come to New York and see where Democrats are protected. All kinds of corruption goes on. But the media protects the Democrats for the most part. And, and, And very rarely do they get called out. And it really takes courageous Republicans to stand up and and go after them. I mean, when I was a state assembly member, I was the first person to come out and call for the resignation of Sheldon Silver, who was the corrupt speaker who ultimately Mm -hmm. was taken out. But when I did that, even Republicans were like, oh, you can't do that. That's Sheldon Silver. Oh my God, they're going to cut your brakes lines. You can't do that kind of thing. (laughs) And so I think you've got to just, you know, we've got to call things as they are. You've got to stand for our country, your oath, and know that these people are corrupt, Uh, Joe Biden is as dirty as it comes. You know not only does he lack a skill set and we're seeing the arrogant personality, he's obviously compromised mentally. And he's compromised with this entire scheme that he's been carrying out with these phony organizations put together by his son uh, and him to create these, uh, you know, all named after various lakes in my district, the Finger Lakes, you know, Seneca Lake, uh, Wasco, Oneida, you hear all those names. Those are all lakes that exist in my district where Joe Biden's uh, first wife, and uh, you know who was tragically killed, and then his his uh, son Hunter's mother was. So it's it's uh, it's it's fascinating to me that there's just this in, in just elaborate web of of transactions, and I and I hope when James I think that James Comer, who is our uh, oversight chair, very capable and ably, has been bringing out some amazing information. Not at the National Archives, you name it, everything's coming out. We're coming down to a showdown, and let's hope that this ends up in impeachment and removal of Joe Biden.
1: Outstanding. Folks, we're on with Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, and we're coming right back with her. Uh, She's on the House Ways and Means Committee and the Science, Space and Technology Committee. We're coming right back. Don't move a muscle. It's Rich Valdez, and we're on America at Night.
5: This episode is supported by FX's Clipped.
7: Well, thank you, Rich, and thank you for everything. I know you very well, and I have, I listen, but I have a lot of people that listen, and they love your show, and I appreciate it very much.
8: America at Night
0: with Rich Valdez.
5: Month after month, I stood up and I said, this is going to come to a neighborhood near you. Well, we're here. We're here. We're getting no support on this national crisis. And we're receiving no support. And let me tell you something, New Yorkers. Never in my life have I had a problem that I did not see an ending to. I don't see an ending to this. I don't see an ending to this. This issue will destroy New York City. Destroy New York City. We're getting 10,000 migrants a month. That's New York City Mayor Elite
1: Eric Adams whining like a crybaby uh, after he called for a sanctuary city saying New York is a sanctuary city. And now he's there sounding like uh, the most conservative Republican (laughs) in New York City saying it's going to destroy the city. And I think a lot of us gave that warning. And this comes at a time where it's just I mean, I laugh at this, but it's no laughing matter. Our folks, our guests is Congresswoman Claudia Tenney from New York. Congresswoman, when you hear Eric Adams shouting at the top of his lungs saying that this is destroying the city and he's tried to do it and he blames it on the MAGA Republicans, what say you?
4: This is a career government bureaucrat versus a leader. He doesn't know how to lead. There are a lot of solutions and and answers to this, but he refuses to change any of the policies in New York City. They maintain a sanctuary policy. They maintain and support open borders. They're crying and they want the Biden administration to simply hand over more money and Kathy Hochul to come up with more money. Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, went hat in hand to see Joe Biden, the fourth largest state in the United States that's having this migrant crisis with a, you know, a famous city like New York City, which is struggling with 110,000 people versus the millions that are coming across our southern border and many coming across our northern border. And, What does Joe Biden say? I don't have time for you. They're not changing their policies. It's why I've called for Mayorkas to also be impeached and removed. It's why I've done an amendment under the Holman rule for our new appropriations bills coming up this week. They would take Mayorkas's pay down to one dollar. If we can't impeach him yet, let's reduce his pay and drive him out that way because he's doubling down on bad policy. These people refuse to accept or do anything to get operational control of our border President Trump did that with his policies. He built a wall. He enacted uh, the Remain in Mexico policy, Title 42, which is public health statute, did that during COVID, kept Americans safe from all kinds of diseases coming across our border, allowed us to send these people back, allowed them to stay out of our our country uh, and not to put Americans at risk to cost the taxpayers millions, and in this case billions of dollars, $20 million a day they're costing New York taxpayers. And Kathy Hochul raised taxes by a billion dollars this year just to pay for an anticipated number of illegal immigrants. When you say you're going to put more money out there, the cartels lick their lips and say, great, we're going to traffic more people. We're going to bring more fentanyl in still more of our young people, they don't care. And these Democrats are beholden to the cartels, whether it's wittingly or unwittingly. And this is a very dangerous situation when you have people who not only know what they could do to solve the problem, they refuse to do it and they just ask for more money. They ask for the taxpayers to suffer, whether it's diseases like tuberculosis, sex offenders in Buffalo, New York, for example, a rape case, now we have a murder case coming out of Rensselaer County. Kudos to my former colleague from the state assembly, the Rensselaer County executive, who's a true hero, who called for Kathy Hochul to resign that Steve McLaughlin over this murder that shouldn't have happened from an illegal immigrant, illegal immigrants causing crimes all over the place. And look, the easy answer the Democrats say is, oh, you Republicans and you, uh, you know, closed border people, you're just bigots. Well, guess what? Now they're Mm -hmm. desperate. We aren't bigots. We want migration, but we want orderly migration. We want to respect the rule of law. We want people with true asylum claims to go properly through the asylum process. uh, uh, Let's be honest, there's a small number. This is the case of the cartels making more money on this issue with human trafficking, again, drug trafficking, and the Democrats allowing this to happen and throwing up their arms. There's nothing we can do. That's what you get when you put career politicians and bureaucrats in office and not leaders.
1: 100 percent right. Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, you, you mentioned Rensselaer County. That's up uh, up in in New York. And speaking of northern New York, I'm looking at a piece in the New York Post says, uh U.S. Canada border flooded with uh, more illegal border crossers in 2023. And that's nine months in than the last 10 years combined. So we no longer have a, a problem at the southern border. We have a problem at the northern border. And I, I pray to God that your amendment goes through to defund Mayorkas.
4: Well, absolutely. We need to impeach and get rid of him. But we also have to deal with a serious issue because of the the real problem at the southern border. We've shifted a lot of our border agents down to the southern border, which we now we've created a problem at the northern border. And here's the, the, the problem that we have with the northern border. And I represent most of it all the way from north of Clayton, which is in Jefferson County and the St. Lawrence Seaway, all the way across uh, Lake Ontario, one of the Great Lakes, all the way out to Lockport, close to Niagara Falls. That whole sea line, I actually met with the Coast Guard today. I've met with the northern border. I have the Buffalo sector. There's the Swanton sector where illegal immigrants that were trafficked uh, were died in a swamp up there trying to get across the border. Wow. Here's another way that Nancy, uh, uh, Kathy Hochul is an accomplice and Joe Biden creates this mess. The cartels create passports for illegals and people that have been tra- whether they're trafficked, whether they're innocent or not, whether they're, they're coming from over 100 countries around the world. They get to Mexico. They get a phony passport. They got on a commercial airline, land in Canada, get to the border. The cartels get them across the border. And Kathy Hochul, our governor, and the state legislature, run by Democrats 100% one party rule in Albany, give these people a legal, valid driver's license from New York where they can use it anywhere in the country. So, yes, this is a New York is not just a border state. This is these people can go anywhere in the United States, maybe anywhere in the world with that valid New York driver's license and we're prohibited from even inquiring as to their immigration status. You know, should we maybe, you know, violate some right they don't have because they're not citizens and, and they're not members? You know, they haven't taken an oath to our Constitution and lived up to it. Look, nothing is more sacred than U.S. the U.S. citizenship. And we're violating that every day. U.S. citizenship comes with many benefits, but it also has obligations. If we're going to preserve freedom, individual rights and self-governance, we have to uphold our constitution. We have to believe in citizenship and eroding that is going to erode our country. And that's exactly what the Democrats are doing, whether they're doing it by design, uh, whether they're getting influenced by outside forces, or they're just they're just so inability, unable to let to deal with these cartels and the cartels have taken advantage. People need to wake up and vote and vote these people out and put people in who will be common sense, put in humane policies. These policies aren't humane. This is bad. Immigrants are dying at the border. Immigrants are struggling and suffering and are victims of human trafficking as well. But we cannot continue to let New York taxpayers and, uh, and, and the taxpayers in the, in the federal side, all of U.S. taxpayers, continue to bear this burden. It's hurting our country. It's hurting our economy and it's hurting our national security.
1: 100%. Uh, lamentably, the Democrat Party seems to have gotten into bed with narco-terrorist human smugglers that don't care about America, and uh, that just seems to be okay with them. Uh, Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, let everybody know how they can support all the work you're doing, kicking butt and taking names.
4: Well, thank you so much. Uh, well, I'm uh, uh, Claudia Tenney, C-L-A-U-D-I-A-T-E-N-N-E-Y. That's like J C Penny with a T. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. I also, you can go to my official website, which is tenny.house.gov. You can go there and and learn that I'm the only member of Congress that explains every vote that I take in the House of Representatives in detail so people understand what's going on. They can see how we decode Washington. I was a former newspaper publisher and uh, and a lawyer, and I want to make sure that if we are truly going to be self-governing, we have a population and a citizenry that knows what's going on in Washington, makes good decisions, understands the real consequences of votes that are taken. Uh, I, even even the left wing media has, uh, has actually given me accolades for my my uh, transparency and willingness to, to explain my vote. Uh, recently, they did an article in my district, not not a fan of mine, but they did say wish more members of Congress would do it. Uh, and I do that because, uh, you know, I just care so much about our country. My son is a Marine. Uh, I'm so grateful for all the people that serve in our our armed forces, our our, uh, first responders, firemen, police, people who have served and died for our country. It's so important that we continue this wonderful gift that we've been given of freedom and uh, and self-governance, and I just hope we can keep it.
1: Well, I am a fan of yours. You're always welcome to come and talk to me and 5 million of my closest friends anytime you want, as long as you come <laughs> on at to. night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're we're thank always you. Well, live anytime every night.
4: I'd love to come on. I just love this country. I love the people in it. And I think we just got to do everything we can to, to try to save it.
1: Outstanding. Well, thank you. You are a gentlewoman, a scholar, and a patriot. And I thank you for staying up late with us.
4: Oh, thanks so much. I appreciate it. It's such an honor to be on your show.
1: You bet. Folks, there's more to come straight ahead. Make sure you follow Congresswoman Claudia Tenney and keep it locked right here. We're coming right back. 833 4 Valdez.
0: This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now. 833 4 Valdez. That's 833 482 5337. 833 4 Valdez. That's Valdez with an S. 537-833-4 Valdez. That's Valdez with an S.
9: I think the piece that you just covering it and watching it from the outside is President Biden's policy agenda is so popular that Republicans are running on it. And there's a real gap in, and I don't do a lot with opinion polls, not because I know they're wrong, but because I'm not sure they're right. (laughs)
1: <laughs> she she must have went to the same school of oration as Kamala Harris. <laughs> I don't do a lot with opinion polls, not because I know they're wrong, but because I'm not sure they're right. Huh? What'd you just say, lady? Anyway, that's Nicole Wallace on MSNBC. And Nicole Wallace, you remember her? She used to be on The View. She was the Republican on The View. And what's funny about this is she says that Biden's policy agenda is so popular that Republicans are running on it. Now, let's see. I don't know exactly what she means by that, but does she mean that the Green New Deal is so popular, the fact that we're uh, slowly outlawing gas-operated things, whether it's gas-operated stoves, we're trying to limit uh, gas-operated vehicles eventually, um, the exploration of new liquid natural gas, you name it, its it's been curtailed by this administration. And... I can't find the Republicans that are running on Biden. I, I don't hear any Republicans saying we need to build back better. I got hairy legs, right? Nobody's saying that. I haven't heard that from anybody. So I mean, this is just more—I um, don't know what's the word—nonsense coming from from those uh, the left within the media. But what's interesting is there there's a big push to say that Biden's so popular. He's out there saying, "Look, Bidenomics—it's it's working. It's working, right? His little wispy whisper uh, creepiness." And she's here saying he's popular. Uh, Then you've got him saying Bidenomics is fantastic. Then you've got Van Jones, right? Van Jones, you know, two or three times uh, a year, he'll say something that you go, "Hmm, yeah, that makes sense. But the rest of the time, it's just absolute craziness most of the time. But he comes across in a really good manner, and and he's enjoyable to listen to. I enjoy listening to Van Jones. I don't agree with him, but he's entertaining. Now, Van Jones is on CNN yesterday, and he says that Biden is like that grandpa that you love. But just start to wonder, would you give this grandpa a high stress job for six more years? So, again, we like Biden. Biden is a nice guy, but I don't know. Maybe we got to go with Kamala. Right. So it seems like the narrative is changing in the media. They're starting to, to start to disassociate with Biden because I guess they gave him his, um, you know, his talking to saying, look, we really think you should consider stepping down. He was like, I'm not going anywhere. I got hairy legs. And that was it. And my son Hunter, smartest guy I know. So when when he starts to disagree, they start to play hardball, right? Then they become friendly with the Republicans. I'm sure there's some Democrats out there giving uh, phone calls and information to James Comer and the committee saying, hey, you know, you didn't hear from me. You didn't hear from me, but a little bird told me X, Y, and Z about Joe Biden. And all of a sudden now it looks like we're going to have to ratchet up the pressure. looks like we might have to indict Hunter Biden, right? And that's uh, that's what uh, James Comer was talking about earlier today on Newsmax where he said that there is now a, uh, a potential gun charge going into um, the, uh, the special counsels considering an indictment on a gun charge. And I think we've got the audio of that, of James Comer remarking on special counsel David Weiss and his plan to indi- indict Hunter Biden. And I'm going to play that for you right when we come back. Don't move a muscle.
10: years now,
9: I want the audience to know what a wonderful, decent person you are. And very, very thoughtful.
0: America at Night with Rich Valdez.
1: All right, America, welcome back. And I, I left off with um, wanting to play a piece of audio that we have of uh, Chairman Comer discussing the um, revelation now that Special Counsel uh, David Weiss is considering a Uh, a charge, a gun charge on Hunter Biden. And I'm going to get into that in a moment. But before I do, uh, maybe we'll carry that over to the top of the hour. What I want to talk about right now is is something I wanted to get into since the beginning of the show as we were talking about Democrats and their failures. And the vice chair of the Democrat Party in Minnesota, who is, uh, in my opinion, a a Marxist, a communist sympathizer, who advocated for the dismantling of police, right? Part of the defund the police movement. And this is not me gloating. This is me giving an opinion on the news. She was violently beaten and carjacked. And I don't wish that on anybody. But she's a far-left politician from Minneapolis, an activist, and she was the victim of a brutal armed carjacking that occurred in the driveway of her home on Tuesday morning. Her name is Shivanti Sathandan. And she's a radical leftist, uh, the second vice chair of the Democrat Farmer Labor Party in Minneapolis. She was left bruised and bloodied during the incident, and she's calling for now accountability. "Quote unquote," her quote, despite her past history of being a uh, very notable defund the police agitator. And this report's coming from the uh, post millennial uh, Sethandon, if I'm saying that right. She uh, made a Facebook post and said that she suffered a broken leg, lacerations to her head, very deep ones, cuts and bruises all over her body when four armed juveniles allegedly beat her to the ground in front of her children and then stole her car in broad daylight. That's according to a report from uh, KSTP News. I got to tell you, I don't wish that on anybody. I really don't. But if that's not a wake-up call for Democrats to say, hey, you know what? We need to slow our roll here. And I know somebody out there right now is probably commenting on my Facebook or one of my social media saying, Rich, Democrats haven't called for defunding the police in two or three years. People don't have such short memories like you think. I know I don't. We can't sit here and play this game where we think that, you know, the police are racist. This is racist. That's wrong. You're a a racist, bigot, xenophobe, homophobe. And we call people names for all things under the sun when you're only trying to do the right thing. Right. The right thing is to make sure you have cops so that this woman doesn't get bloodied and beaten and carjacked in her house in front of her children. Thank God nothing happened to her kids. We can't play this dangerous game. I don't understand how this is up for debate. I don't understand how people think that there's somehow wisdom or justice in getting rid of the constabulary, getting rid of law and order, so that people can do exactly what they're doing in California, so that people can do exactly what they're doing in New York City, running around the streets, like the Wild West. All the bad guys are armed, none of the good guys are. Super hard to get a a carry permit anywhere in, in, in these super difficult states. I'm pretty sure to defend her children, was she armed, she would have taken action. Anybody in their right mind would. It's human nature. Fight or flight. And when you're faced with four juveniles that are beating the crap out of you and your children are there, you're going to do everything you can to defend yourself. I wish her the best. God bless her and her family. But we can't continue this nonsense. Democrats need to wake up. Stop the defund the police nonsense. We'll be right back. Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S at the end. And our phone number, if you want to join us, 833-4-VALDEZ. Welcome. It's uh, Thursday night. There's a bunch of things going on. We're going to jump right in. Peter Navarro was uh, convicted of contempt of Congress. So after they had him in leg irons and all shackled up, he, uh, he's been found guilty, which just comes as no surprise, but shocking still, right, just still shocking that they've taken it to this level. When it was Eric Holder. Nada, 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 not a damn thing. So this, this continues, right? The, the charade in Washington continues. Uh, then we've got, let's see, what else did I want to go to here? Oh, yes, the CNN poll. So now you've got a poll from CNN. Uh, CNN poll now has Nikki Haley beating Joe Biden in, in a matchup. And what they don't talk about is how he compares to Trump, right? <laughs> There's a whole article in The Hill that talks about how Biden's um, – floundering here but they don't go to trump so i pulled up the poll and i'm looking at the poll and the question is the matchup between biden and trump if it were held now as of today do you lean towards trump or biden it's close but trump wins 46 to 47 percent now what's more telling in this poll is how many of you are voting for joe biden Only 36% say they're voting for Biden. 64% said they're voting against Trump. But when asked uh, 1,000 registered voters who lean Trump, are you voting for Trump or are you voting against Biden? 62% say they're voting for Trump, and only 37% said they're voting against Biden. That goes to show you that people really want Donald Trump back in office, at least 1,000 registered voters that they've got here. And it seems like CNN is now um, one of the many that I think are going to start to line up to take shots at Biden. They're going to reposition the Hunter Biden indictment, uh, the looming indictment that's coming on the gun charge, to try and make it about a gun charge, about an addict who lied on an application, not about the bag man for his criminal father that's leading the way in this criminal enterprise with 20 shell corporations and tens of millions of dollars in, in bribes that went to his family. And it, it to me, it, this is remarkable that we're at this point in history, and uh, it really seems to be falling on deaf ears. But here to help us break it down is the chief communications director at the America First Policy Institute, and I'm happy to bring him on. Mark Lauder, welcome back.
10: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: You bet. Now, folks, you guys know Mark Lauder. He's, uh, he's the, the, the good-looking guy that's always on TV at night with uh, Chris Plant, and you guys do a great job on that program. Now, Mark Lauder, I want to ask you about this. When it comes to this poll here, do, do you think uh, that I'm correct in my assessment or do you agree that they're doing everything they can to try and get rid of Biden? And when I say they, I mean his supporters.
10: Well, I mean, the, the poll itself showed that two thirds of Democrats do not want him to be their nominee. Uh, and so that's just stark. Uh, and it's, it's unbelievable for an incumbent president that, to have two thirds of his own party and I believe it was roughly two thirds of independents saying they do not want Joe Biden to be the nominee. Unfortunately, they're stuck with him. Uh, there's really not a lot that they can do right now, uh, because unless unless they want the even more unpopular Kamala Harris, and she is the lowest rated or approved uh, vice president in history uh, that they've been doing these polls, and so I mean that just tells you how how horrible she is. So they're gonna have to stick with Biden on just the only thing that they've got is that, well, he beat Trump once, maybe he can do it again uh, and we'll figure it out later because it's too late for uh, Gavin Newsom's too late for Gretchen Whitmer to build a national campaign apparatus, start to raise the billion dollars to do the ground work. And, you know, in Iowa, in New Hampshire, South Carolina, Nevada, you know, they expect, those voters expect you to, pay your dues. They expect you on the ground at the state fair, in their diners, asking their questions in small groups and earning your support. So it will be very difficult for them to just come in at this late stage and try to build that kind of support uh, when we're only four months away from the primaries beginning.
1: What type of impact do you think this um, pending indictment, if, if it is in fact coming Uh, of hunter biden being indicted for the gun charge that he was originally going to get let off on a diversion program for uh chairman james comer he he, uh, was on uh, newsmax earlier tonight and he was explaining uh how this might be
3: a game changer i
1: want you to hear what he had to say listen to this
3: uh i have skepticism with respect to weiss because he was the same guy that tried to negotiate blanket immunity for hunter biden look the gun charge Is the only one of the dozen crimes that Hunter Biden has committed that you can't tie into Joe Biden. It's the one (laughs) charge that you can't nail Joe Biden on. Everything else, the money laundering, the violation of the Foreign Agents Registration Act, the tax evasion, uh, uh, the bribery, everything else, the the racketeering, Mm -hmm. you can tie Joe Biden in with that.
1: Is this a push to change the narrative so that they could focus on Biden, throw Hunter Biden— throw him to the wolves and try to leave Joe in the
10: clear. Well, I think it it really depends. I mean, look, if this was, if this was a Republican in the Trump administration, they would face all of those charges. They would invent probably 10 more and, (laughs) and then, and then also indict their friends uh, for just knowing them, get them to flip on them so they can try to, you know, get them as much jail time as possible. If Weiss goes, like the feds usually do you throw everything at them and then try to get them to plea out to something easier in this case they're already trying to plea it make it go away i'm not sure why you know sure he might try to get him some sort of a probation for a gun charge but some of the tax charges have already the statute of limitations has already expired because he waited so long so you really wonder whether they're serious about wanting to investigate this or if they just want to make this go away and i think You know, whether they indict him, you know, on these three or four charges that they tried to cop a plea deal for, or do they throw on 10 more charges to try to get it to to strong arm him, that's going to tell us what their goal is. You know,
1: Mark Lauder, I think that there's there is a world of hurt out there that could come to Joe Biden if enough people step up. But I'm not so confident that it will. But I think when Americans really get their arms around the idea that. Robin Ware and Robert Peters and Joe Biden are all the same person. I think that might might open their eyes. And I want to get into that in in our next segment. Folks, we are on with Mark Lauder. He is the chief communications director at America First Policy Institute, former special assistant to President Trump. We're coming right back.
0: This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833 for Valdez. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S.
7: Uh, By the way, your ratings are up. Congratulations. I had somebody. It's always nice to check. I like to see, even if they're friends, I like to see how are they doing? Are people listening, right? That's right. But you're doing great.
0: America at Night with Rich Valdez.
1: All right, America, welcome back. We're on with former Trump advisor, special assistant uh, in the White House, Mark Lotter, he's also the chief communications director at the America First Policy Institute. And today, James Comer said that he believes they may have enough votes to begin an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. He said that on Newsmax TV. He also alluded to the surprise at how many pseudonyms Joe Biden used in emails with Hunter Biden. Listen to this.
3: I didn't think there would ever be an email a government email between Joe Biden and Hunter Biden talking about his business or talking about Ukraine. Uh, What I never dreamed of is they they would have never used pseudonyms. And uh, what we're finding is there's probably thousands of emails. So uh, this is just more evidence of wrongdoing by Joe Biden.
1: Mark Lauder, what do you think about these pseudonyms? Is this much ado about nothing?
3: No, I think it's very it's
10: got to be very concerning for the White House. I mean, first off, you know, there are approximately according to the National Archives, they've already found 5400 emails uh, from these various pseudonyms. And while I am sure a great number of them are to his son, his brother, his family saying I'm going to be late, I can't make it for the barbecue this weekend or, you know, normal stuff, but we already know that his office was sending Hunter Biden Details about his schedule, about the then-vice president's schedule, about calls with the president of Ukraine, and then scheduling pre-briefing calls with, with Hunter Biden. So we are already seeing how more and more of this is all becoming connected, and, if, and you know, look. Joe's many things, you know, he ain't very bright. So if, if, you know, if he gets a little loose on his, you know, and says, you know, why is it, why is it the cable bill being paid Hunter uh, or <laughs> which credit card do I use for, uh, you know, for the renovations on the Rehoboth beach house? Uh, you know, now all of a sudden you've got, you know, now you start building that paper trail. And so you we'll, know, we'll see what's on there if there's anything, but it's just another example of how the Biden's twist the rules hide in the shadows to do all of this stuff to keep it from the American people. When I, joined, when I, when I went into the White House on January 20th, 2017 mm-hmm. with the president, I, most, of the, most of the media still had my cell phone number from the campaign, my personal cell. And they would text me all the time with questions about you know the vice president's schedule or something along those lines. Every time a work text came into my personal phone, by law, I had to text it or email it to my government email account so it could be captured, recorded and archived. And so by them creating these fake names, you don't know who to search for. You would never know what to look for unless you happen to come across it, which is what they did on a Hunter Biden laptop.
1: Now, Mark Lauder, what would be a a, an innocuous um, reason for Biden hiding his name in these emails?
10: To make it difficult to to search. So you literally could go to the National Archives, you know, in say 10 years, 20 years, or whatever, and ask to see all of my emails. And and those that were deemed to be like, you know, significant to like a policy or a work product would be retained. And you and they could and researchers could in the future go look for those kinds of things. But if you don't know who to look for, because you asked for my emails, or you asked for Mike Pence's emails, or you asked for Sarah Sanders' emails. Well, if she's not using the name Sarah Sanders or Mark Lauder, you know, because we used Robin Ware, then right. there's nothing – then nothing is going to come up.
1: Well, and you obviously to that, know that's what not to not an innocent for. reason, though. This seems to be like a nefarious reason, uh, a cover-up of sorts.
10: Uh, I would absolutely suggest that. Yes, I mean, well, even if it's covering up, even if it's covering up personal conversations with your family to say I'm going to be late for dinner, I can't make the birthday party because I'm going to be out of town at a campaign event. I mean, the, the American people still have a right to see you having those conversations. This is how we get insight later on into presidents, and, and you know, there's a, a number of years before they become accessible. Uh, but that's how you go back and kind of reconnect. What was their frame of mind? What were they thinking about during critical moments in history? Well, when you're hiding it from the American people, you have no idea what they were thinking. And we don't know what because we can't find it.
1: So it it seems to me this is, this. is there isn't uh, an easy way out of this for him to explain, oh, no, I didn't want to confuse this with that or that with this, uh, or even if he did say that. Uh, do you do you think that passes muster with with anybody or do you think people just no? Oh, yeah, it was Biden, just he wanted to hide his name. It's no big deal.
10: Well, I mean, I think, sadly, at, at some point, I think when, when it comes down to, you know, this time next year, the American people are going to basically say, look, I'm sick and tired of both of these guys and, and their issues. You know, they both had classified documents. Trump's got his legal issues. Biden should be facing a number of legal issues. Who's going to lower my gas prices? Who's going to cut my grocery prices, secure the southern border, stop the flood of immigrants into New York and Chicago and all of these liberal cities? I just want something to do to do the job that's going to make my life easier and better. And uh, they know it's not working right now with Biden. So the question is going to be, obviously, assuming if the polls hold true, it's Trump. I think people are going to be like, you know what, the same thing it was in 2016. Eh, Hillary had her emails and, and Trump was on tape. Just. I want someone to deal with China. I want someone to steal the border. I want someone to renegotiate NAFTA and protect my manufacturing job. And I think what you're going to get to is this is what that election is going to eventually turn out to be.
1: Folks, we're on with Mark Lauder, Chief Communications Director at the America First Policy Institute and a former special assistant to President Trump in the White House. Mark Lauder, when we look at the the, the polls that You know, uh, during the break, I was telling uh, our producer in the control room that, you know, if Biden's doing this poorly against Trump on these polls that I'm looking at, and he's again the twice indicted, uh, I'm sorry, twice impeached, four times indicted, 91 felony counts pending, and 400 years in jail. With all of that against Trump, and they still can't move the needle, and he's still leading the pack in the Republican primary, he's still um, doing phenomenally well in the polls. Uh, even the CNN poll. Uh, What's your instinct that um, they're going to try more to stop him?
10: Well, I don't think that I'm not sure how much further they can go. I mean, I'm sure Jack Smith will probably throw on some additional indictments probably around January 6th. I think that's one of the reasons. I mean, I do actually think that Democrats want to face Trump. So they're going to try to weaken him, but they don't want to remove him. Because they, I mean, if you look at that CNN poll, Joe Biden is either tied or losing with all of the top Republican candidates. He's not beating any of them. I mean, Mike Pence is beating him. The only one he's like losing to or winning is over Vivek Ramaswamy, and that's by one percentage point. So that, that's a statistical tie. So, so that's how weak that, Joe Biden is.
1: <laughs> right. So when we look at that, what what do you think the rationale is for Democrats wanting to face off against Trump?
10: Because they can't beat him on any of the issues. They can't win on any of the issues. I mean, inflation, crime, immigration, a, a ground war in Europe. I mean, there's not a single thing that Joe Biden hasn't touched that he hasn't broken. And the American people are suffering for it, and they don't like it. That's why his approval ratings are so bad. Two-thirds of the country think that we're on the wrong track. So the only thing they can do is make it about or try to make it about Trump himself. They'll try to make it about the charges. They'll try to make it about his personality or his style or his tweets because they can't have any other argument. They lose every other argument. So they're going to try to shift the narrative. Let's not make it about how bad I am. Let's make it about this guy's even worse.
1: With the uh, announcement that, you know, you've you've had McCarthy say, you know, he's open to looking at an impeachment inquiry. You got Comer saying he might have the votes if there was an impeachment inquiry that becomes an actual uh, impeachment hearing into Biden. Do you think that weakens him or does it have the Trump effect where he becomes more popular?
10: No. Well, it depends. Uh, And and this is where I I will give uh, Speaker McCarthy. I know he gets a lot of grief over this, but this is where I give him credit. If they impeach Joe Biden without having an actual smoking gun, then they're no different than the Democrats, who were basically trying to trump up charges to get Donald Trump. So if you can actually show through the bank records, through emails, through witness testimony that Joe Biden personally benefited from the millions of dollars that was funneled in from China, Russia, Ukraine, Kazakhstan through 20 shell corporations to nine family Biden members. I mean, no one has still explained to me why his grandchild is getting paid.
1: Folks, Mark Lauder, he's the chief communications director at the America First Policy Institute. Mark Lauder, you're a gentleman, a scholar and a patriot. I thank you for staying up late with us. Thank you. You bet. All right, America, there's more to come straight ahead. Your calls and more. We're going to start that right now. Plus a little bit more on what's going on with immigration in New York City. Don't move a muscle. I'm Rich Valdez.
0: Valdez. Call now. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's VALDEZ with an S.
8: All
1: right, America, welcome back. Taking your calls on immigration. And again, I wanted to play another clip of Mayor Eric Adams, elite Eric Adams, mayor of the city of New York. He uh, He was just ranting and ranting and yelling and yelling at this meeting, and uh, we heard part of it earlier, and I might play that part again, but I want you to hear this other part of it, because he's really just out there, right? He's just, he's all over the place uh, in, in anger, and, and he's just freaking out for a problem that he's incredibly complicit in creating. Check this out.
5: We turned this city around in 20 months, and then what happened? Started with a madman down in Texas decided he wanted to bust people up to New York City. Hundred and ten thousand migrants. We have to feed, clothes, house, educate the t- children, wash their laundry sheets, f- give them everything they need, health care, and this team here. We stated, let's do everything possible before we have to push it out into neighborhoods and communities. So Eric Adams
1: says that a madman in Texas is who's to blame. He's also on the record saying it's MAGA Republicans. MAGA Republicans created this mess. And I have to say, look, I understand how politics works. And I understand, you know, if you, you, you blame the other guy, but really, how do you blame the other guy? Right, if we go by their own narrative, Republicans are racist. They're xenophobes. So then which Republican is it? Which MAGA Republican is allowing everybody and their mother and their children and the people who aren't even their children into this country at the southern border? Right. Adam says he's not concerned with migrants, but this is this is him now crying that we getting 10,000 a month, 10,000 a month. Right. But a couple of months ago. All he was saying was, well, we're not concerned with that. Listen to old Eric Adams.
2: You, you pledged uh, during your campaign to uh, keep New York City a sanctuary, a city. Uh, do you have any concern that that, that policy uh, is, 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 for, is attracting more people to the border, more people to cross the border to make that dangerous so- trip?
5: Uh, No, not at all. Uh, This city has always been a sanctuary city, and we've always managed those who wanted to come to uh, New York City to pursue the American dream. Well, there they are. They're there. You're getting
1: 10,000 pursuants of of the American dream, right? Everybody, American dreamers, you've got 10,000 a month. Why are you crying now, Elite Eric Adams? This is the, the hypocrisy. This is so funny to me. And it's not funny. And I shouldn't make light of it. But that's kind of how I get through life, making light of things that are just uh, everybody else is freaking out about. But I got to tell you, I mean, this is just so rich. And there's a lot of people that we could make fun of. But I'm going to make fun of elite Eric Adams because I feel like he's just so weak on these issues. You know, he, he doesn't even have good rhetoric to get out of it. I don't think anybody believes him. I don't think the Democrats have confidence in him. I know that the reason he's up in arms, this has nothing to do nothing to do with anything but politics, right? And if we really want to get down to brass tacks here, if, if it wasn't for the fact that there are people in New York that supported him, many of them African-American, that feel like Eric Adams turned their back on that community, a community that's already facing a lot of obstacles in New York City. Right. And it's not just African-Americans. There's many people that are impoverished in New York City that need public support, that need public services, that rely on the city and the infrastructure that the city provides. So now, all of a sudden, we don't have anything for citizens, for New Yorkers, for people who were born in this country, because, like he said, we got to wash their sheets. we got to send their kids to school. Right. Oh, boy. And there's a whole bunch of drama with sending kids to school. You've got some schools in New York City that are being forced now to turn away kids on the first day of school because of this massive onslaught of illegal immigrants. Now, listen, I want every kid to have an education. It wasn't their fault that they were brought here, trafficked here or whatever and what have you. But infrastructure is a real thing, right? If you can only fit 30 kids in a class, 35 really tight, what, what do you do when you have 50? in that first grade classroom, in that kindergarten classroom. What do you do? What do you do if you don't have the budget set aside for the year to have a paraprofessional or or a teaching assistant or a secondary teacher for that classroom? What do you do? You make do with what you got, and that's what the schools are saying. They can't. No mas. Ya, basta. It's too much. That's what he's saying. But he wasn't singing that song back in May of 2016 when he said, no, 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 everybody's coming here to pursue the American dream. Yeah. Unbelievable. I'm going to get into this New York City school stuff in a moment. I want to give you the phone number. I'd like to get your opinion on this. Uh, The phone number, 833-4VALDES, 833-4VALDES.
0: This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4VALDES. That's 833-482-5337, 833-4VALDES. That's Valdez, with an S.
11: Oh, my liberty-loving Latino.
0: America at Night, with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833 or Valdez that's 83-4 Valdez that's Valdez with an S
1: all right America welcome back and there, there's uh, such pressure being put on the infrastructure because of the massive influx of illegal immigrants in our country right going under the name asylum seekers and this is a real problem And I don't mean it's a real problem because we have people. I want to be real clear. The problem that I have here is not so much the people coming into our country, um, but it is. But more so the fact that they're coming by an open invitation from the president of the United States, Joe El Baboso Biden. He's literally opening up the doors. We've seen the videos. There are people down there, some wearing military uniforms, that have opened up the gates to allow people through. Very difficult. To, to, to fault the person that's being invited into our country and then given a a, a bus ride to wherever they want to go or getting flown straight to New York City. So when he says there's a madman in Texas, right? Eric Adams said that. We played that audio a moment ago. He said there's a madman in Texas that is opening the floodgates, allowing people in to the uh, United States or sending them to New York. This is a falsehood, right? It's not just Greg Abbott putting people on buses. What about the Department of Homeland Security that's flying people straight from McAllen, Texas, into Philly, into New York City? What about that? That's a real thing. So it's just remarkable to me that this is the situation we're in. Now we have schools that are being um, sucked dry from resources where kids aren't able to go to school. Let's go to Lance in Galloway, New Jersey on WOND. Lance, good evening. You're on with Rich Valdez.
12: Good evening, Rich. Listen, this is a, a, a true a, a mirror image of what the tragedy of the commons is about, where it's an economic situation and a humanitarian situation, whereas the resources that the schools have offered for the last two and a half years to the established student body that is there, they are being pushed away, and they're also being intimidated because they they know – That when you have kids that do not understand the language and you don't have people that can explain things in their native language, you are literally teaching at a slower pace and this it's going to disenfranchise these kids, disillusion the parents, and create it. So my suggestion is that the school boards of all these cities that are over swamped, okay, they should definitely allow the kids that were in school during the covid even though they were in remote and then they came back finally and they're there now, they should get first priority because they are of the citizenry and they are the parents of the, and they are the children of the parents and the renters that are paying the taxes one way or the other. And the other kids can establish wherever they're at, they can set it up where it could be taught remotely, even if it's three days a week. And they should also invite all the retired NEA teachers New York educators, New Jersey educators, Pennsylvania, Illinois, anywhere there is a retired teacher that would like to step forward and come up with doing remote lessons via Zoom, that would be the best thing. Because that way you're you said you, there's you, you don't have a problem. Well, this isn't a problem. This is a, a disastrous dilemma. And this schmuck that's in the White House and all his puppeteers by the ones that are creating it. He literally wants to cripple the the United States of America, and he is doing it through, unfortunately, through the eyes of children and saddened parents. Uh, That's uh, my suggestion.
1: Uh, Lance, I think you're you're spot on with a couple of things. I remember during COVID, there was a call for retired nurses, retired physicians, all sorts of people, all hands on deck. I think that they should do that uh, wherever they need to. Because that's part of the esprit de corps, right, that, that, uh, that we, we need to have as Americans. Uh, and when I say I don't have a problem with them per se, it's because I realize that there are people that are on the terror watch list that are getting into this country. I realize that there are people that are um, traffickers, people that are trying to smuggle things in, people that are coming in with children that aren't theirs, that are trafficking these children, smuggling them into the country, but, and, and, and others from 100 different countries across the globe that are coming in. But I also realize there are people that are just taking advantage of a situation that are paying to get into the country because that's the easiest way to get in is to pay the cartel to get across. And then once you get across, they have a deal with the Biden administration and they let you right in. They bring it to the city of choice. Uh, my, my point is that my issue is not somebody that's trying to be better in life and, and have a shot at the American dream, right? That th- Those immigrants have always historically been good for this country. The issue is we don't have a grip on who we're letting in anymore. So it's, it's a free-for-all, and we've got people from all over the place. When you saw these fights breaking out uh, outside of the uh, Roosevelt Hotel in New York City, these people were camped out on the sidewalk. And I saw the videos. These weren't families with small children. These weren't even Hispanics. Most of them were coming from um, northern Africa, and they were all very young men that should be able to work. And I'm, I'm hoping that they came here for work, but instead it seemed like they were here for, to, for housing and they were looking for to be housed in the Roosevelt Hotel, and like Mayor Adams said, for somebody to wash their sheets. And, and that is problematic, right? And I do have a problem with that. But again, ultimately, if, if you leave your car door, you know, your windows rolled down and the car running and you have a nice car and you park it in a bad neighborhood, it may get stolen. Whose fault is it? The thief or the idiot that left the car running? Right and in this case, the idiot that 's leaving the car running is joe biden he 's not an idiot; he wants it to get stolen and he's he 's doing it on purpose and he 's trying to put your car and my car and everybody else 's car into a bad neighborhood so it'll get stolen and that's that 's really the issue I have is that we have individuals in our government in the United States that are willfully complicit in destroying the fabric of our society and not in a cultural way but in a real matter of fact way like the way the uh communist sympathizers um professors, um, Richard Cloward and Francis Fox Pivens, uh, their theory of the uh, Cloward-Piven theory, where they would overwhelm a system to the point of the tragedy of the commons that you brought up, where people that are using these public resources would use them to such a high degree that they would be null and void, that they wouldn't be available. They'd be completely depleted. And it's to overwhelm a system. This is literally a Stalin-esque tactic where he said, you know, use the system to destroy the system. And, and that's lamentably what we're seeing. And I, I have to, before I castigate or cast blame on someone that's coming to this country for a better life, or, for, to put their children in American school so their children have a shot at life, I have to first blame Joe El Baboso Biden in the White House, Alejandro Mayorkas, and the people that are facilitating the biggest underground railroad of human smuggling that I've ever seen in my life. Lance.
12: I'm going to tell you something, and I I don't mean to make light of it or sarcastic, but Joe Biden must have a picture of Blanche DuBois in a streetcar named Desire somewhere in the White House, (laughs) because all he's doing is uh, letting people constantly rely on the kindness of total strangers. Well, there's only so many different advocates that can help. There's the religious sector. There's the humanitarian sector. But if you, like you say, that's why I brought up the tragedy of the common. You are overusing the resources, and you are not going to have anything that is going to be prosperous, nutritionist, or of any value. And you're going to just—you literally are going to make patriotism a, a word that people want to eradicate. And it's a shame. It is a dilemma. with this guy and these people in charge in all these cities— just like the people in, that are staying in the police uh, building in Chicago. They started beating up on the cops in the, in the building
8: because mm-hmm.
12: they don't like their accommodations. So, I mean, you get what you deserve, but the true right. Americans or the people that care about their family, their faith, and and their community were being pushed to the rear or pushed out of the way. That's all I can say, and I pray to God something happens soon.
1: Yep, thank you, Lance. I appreciate it. Big shout-out to everybody listening in New Jersey, W-O-N-D, in the building. And we're going to get right back to your calls. We've got calls from Brooklyn, New York, WFAS, from Michigan, KDKA Online, and more coming in. Uh, don't go anywhere.
0: This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833 482 Five three three seven eight three three four valdez. That's Valdez with an S. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now eight three three. Valdez. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S.
1: All right, we go to your calls. Let's go to Brooklyn, New York, WFAS. Check in with Marcel. Marcel, you're on with Rich Valdez. Go right ahead.
11: Hey, good evening, Rich, and everyone listening. Thank you for that and saying amazing words to WFAS here in Brooklyn. That's, of course in Westchester. So, CNN and SSRS has a poll today facing continued head words from broadly negative jawed ratings overall, widespread concerns about his age, and is confidence among Democratic-aligned voters according to SSRS and CNN. There is no clear leader of potential rematch between him and President Trump, who is widely ahead of the GOP primary, and nearly half of registered voters, there are definitely 46%, along with Republican presidential nominee will be a better choice than him.
1: Uh, Is there a question in there? I I didn't hear it if there was.
11: So why are Biden's numbers continues to go way down the drain ahead of next year's election?
1: Well, I mean, part, part of me thinks, Marcel, that what's going on here is I think that they've realized Biden is, I think there's been a push for quite a while to kind of nudge Biden out falling asleep in Maui. He's been weak on a lot of issues. And I think they realize we need somebody who can come out swinging, come out fighting, because we're doing a great, amazing job at beating down on Trump. But the Trump effect seems to work for Trump, right? So they beat down on Trump, and he comes, at, he comes back stronger. He raises more money. He does well. And, and, and again, you cited that SSRS poll, something I, I mentioned earlier. And, again, if you look here at the, um, I forget what, page, page 16 of that poll, when they break it down, if you look at the amount of people, this is a very stark comparison here, right? So between the 25th of August and the 31st, so just, uh, you know, two weeks ago, uh, a week ago, 10 days, eight days, um, you've got people voting for Biden versus voting for Trump, and Trump is at 47 percent, Biden's at 46 percent. But when you go down, to me, this is the stark part, and I mentioned it earlier. You've got people voting for Biden or against Trump. And only 36% of the Biden voters say that they're voting for Biden. The rest of them say, no, we're just voting against Trump. Conversely, the people that say they're voting for Trump are voting for Trump because they like Trump. 62% are voting for Trump because he's Trump. And only 37% are voting uh, for Trump because they're voting against Biden. So those are the ones that are holding their nose. So clearly, uh, Biden's numbers are going down. I think a lot of this has to do with the Democrats trying to push him out so they have a better chance at winning. I would love it if they did, because then we'd get Kamala Harris, Ken and that would be a fantastic, a fantastic matchup in uh, the 24 election. Marcel, thank you for giving us a call from New York City, WFAS. I appreciate it. Folks, there's more to come straight ahead. Open Phone America starts right now.
0: Hi
1: there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. If you want to join us in our late-night national town hall conversation, feel free to give us a call, 833-482-5337, 8334-VALDEZ, and uh, lots of things that we've discussed tonight. We've talked, of course, with a number of people, uh, not the least of which was a uh, former Trump advisor, Mark Lauder. We also uh, had a discussion uh, with Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, who has now launched a uh, an amendment along with Chip Roy and I think a dozen other Republicans to defund Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security, for not doing his job. They've also uh, put uh, forth measures to impeach him as well. You've also got James Comer, the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, that says that, you know, he may have the votes to uh, launch an inquiry into the impeachment of Joe Biden. Uh, Speaker McCarthy's been on the fence about that. And of course, that's part of the game, right? You have to you have to say, well, we're you know, we're taking this very seriously. There's no reason to do that right now. Blah, 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 blah. But uh, I think ultimately uh, most of us know that that's probably the action that we need to take. And if for nothing else, for his dereliction of duty at the border. That's just how it is, in my opinion. You can't have the situation that we've had, excuse me, and continue to have with the border, with what's happening in New York City, what's happening in, in, in um, the um, neighboring uh, border states. There's way too much going on for people to ignore and say, no, this is a good thing. No, this is a bad thing. It's Adam said it best. And I rarely agree with the guy, but he said this will destroy New York City. Well, yeah, it's not only going to destroy New York City, it's going to really damage America. And that's not something that we could really stand idly by and allow it to happen. Plus, I got some stories that I want to share with you about some just crazy stuff coming out of Seattle. We're going to get to that momentarily. But I want to start off with uh, with the phones. Again, the phone number 833 4825 337 833 4 Valdez. Let's go to Kim in Shields, Michigan, listening online through KDKA. Kim, go right ahead.
9: Hi, Rich. Good show tonight. <clears throat> And Thank you. What I you're welcome. Um, the two things I'm going to say are really connected. They're uh, people getting a bitter taste of their own medicine, and that's the mm-hmm. the Democrat farmer lawmaker that's a Marxist you were talking about that got beat up and got her leg broken and her car stolen, and she was the one that wanted oh, yes. to defund. The Minnesota police, and you said, now, you weren't wishing her any bad, or you, you wouldn't wish this on anybody, but I'm saying, I'm not, I didn't wish it on her either, but if it had to happen to anybody, I'm glad it happened to her and not an innocent person, if it was out there waiting to get somebody, you know? Um And then mm-hmm. the other thing is, is Eric Adams, his whining, it, it's the exact same thing. He, he's a sanctuary city mayor. He wants all this, but he wants the money to pay for it so he can have uneducated, non-English speaking voters to win all the time. Um, but they're not giving him the money, you know, or they're not giving him enough to cover it. And I just heard today that 20,000 uh, illegal kids showed up in the New York City schools the first day. Um but I just think this this is um, people getting their own bitter medicine, and they don't like it. And they're bitter, and they're whining. And they should have thought of that before all the city riots and the, all the defunding of the police and the people that were beat up and killed. And the businesses like Minneapolis lost 1,000 a, a or 2,000 businesses. You know, this is... They should have thought of this. Eric Adams and that Democratic Socialist woman from Minnesota. They should have thought of this. What do you think?
1: Well, yeah, I think I understand what you're saying. We're not wishing anybody ill will. Um, And it reminds me of something my mother would tell me when I was growing up. You know, she didn't wish me any ill will either. But if she told me, hey, don't touch that, Richie, and I would do it anyway, uh, you know, she would start getting mad and start saying things in Spanish. And uh, she would tell me, bueno, que te pasa. uh Bueno, que te pasa. And, and, and that means I'm uh, good for you that that happened to you. Good for you. Uh, it's good that that happened to you so you can learn. And, uh, you know, it was a tough love moment. And so I kind of get where you're coming from. Um, but I have to say, this woman, I think, has had a real change of heart. Look at what she wrote on Facebook. Listen to this. She says, quote, look at my face. Remember me, all caps. When you're thinking about supporting, letting juveniles and young people out of custody to roam our streets instead of holding them accountable for their actions. You could have been reading the, obitu- uh, the obituary for me and my children today. Again, that, that is uh, Sivanti Sathandan. And she, she continues. But instead, I'm here to write this. Look at my face. These criminals will not win. We need to take back our city, and this will not be the last time you hear from me about this. Thank you to the incredible Minneapolis 4th Precinct officers, Mayor Frey, Chief O'Hara, paramedics, neighbors, and friends who all came to our aid during this terrifying experience. I am so grateful for this community that wraps us in love. Now, her comments um, were, you know, a different tune than her previous advocacy to dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. So I have to say, this is. I'm telling this story not as, ha I told you so. Uh, I'm talking about this story because I want it to be a cautionary tale to so many. And this is not the first time. This happened in Philly. I was doing a show in Philly once, and uh, there was a, I don't know if she was a, I think she was a state legislator, and she was also part of the defund movement and, you know, was on board with that, and she was carjacked. And this is a real thing. You can't allow people to become criminals and aid and abet and coddle the criminals. These pro-crime prosecutors that do this are putting citizens at risk. In this case, a mother with her children in tow, beaten. She has a broken leg. I mean, just imagine the beating you have to get to, to have a broken leg. It, it's a horrifying scenario. You know, it's the dad of two daughters. I would hate for this to happen to my children. I would hate for it to happen to anybody. I hate that it happened to her. And I, and I feel badly about it, but I think the story has to be told because it's so incredibly important. Now, uh, with respect to Mayor Adams, you're right. He's whining. He dug his grave, right? He made his bed. He's got a lie in it, and and this is, again, like my mother would say, bueno, que le pase, because it's good that this is happening to him so that he can taste his own medicine, like you said. This is critical, right? I think it's important that we see this at media cover it that people can see it and people can start to acknowledge this is what's going on this is not good this is what has to end because this isn't something that we can continue to allow kim anyway i thank you for the call kim i appreciate your call we're going to take a quick pause right here come back to the rest of your calls and more straight ahead our number 833 482 5337 4 valdez
0: this is america at night hair no care and live on the air it's rich valdez call now 833-4 valdez that's 833-482-5337 833-4 valdez that's valdez with an s
1: so there's reports out that jen circle back pasaki has been knocked out of her sunday show probably because the ratings on Fox are so good with Mark Levin crushing the ratings on Sunday nights. And Jen back pasaki uh, Biden's former press secretary, she's got a new show where she'll be on primetime. Can't wait to see that and give us some more audio clips. Getting tired of Joy Reid and the rest of them. What's the other one uh, that we just played? Uh, Nicole Wallace. But speaking of press secretaries in the White House, the current press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, you know, she made headlines early on because you know she said she was history, she was walking history, because she is a a woman of color that is uh, a member of the LGBTQ community, and she was dating someone who covered the White House, Suzanne Malvo from CNN. Well, according to the New York Post, it's splitsville for the two, and one can only connect the dots like our astute producer in the control room that. It seems that Jen back um successor, Karine Jean-Pierre, KJP, that her and her girlfriend, Suzanne Malvo broke up the same day that CNN decided to turn states on Joe Elbaboso Biden with their polls saying, you know, it doesn't look good for Joe. This might be it. Democrats are concerned about a potential Hunter Biden investigation. This might be the straw that breaks the camel's back. I don't know. I don't know. But it doesn't look good. And uh, she did that in a a spread that she did in Vogue magazine. So as I get more info on that, I'll share it with you. But that's where we are. I want to get to your calls. Let's see what we've got here. Okay, we've got a lot of them here. All right, we've got Wilmington, Delaware, Cumberland, uh, Maryland, Zanesville, Ohio, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Evergreen, Montana. This is fantastic. All right, let's go here. We're going to go um, in in order of appearance. When people called in, let us go to Doc in Wilmington, Delaware on WDEL. Doc, go right ahead.
6: Rich, thanks for taking the call. Kudos to your call screener, Tom, and to you. You guys are successors to Kathy Johnson and to Jimbo. You're You're hitting out of the park, both of you. You're fantastic. Thank you, brother. I know we the Bidens. It. By the way,
1: we have a call, we have a code name and a call sign for our call screener. He goes by Count Delacula. Just so you know.
6: <laughs> All right. Anyway, to get to more serious matters, um, this is what I think is going to happen. President President Trump is not going to be convicted by any jury of anything. It's clear that this this chicky babe down in Georgia. Uh, is politically motivated. Her name is
1: Fannie Willis, sir. Fannie Willis.
6: Yes, Fannie Willis. I don't respect her at all because she is she is scheduled the trial right before Super Tuesday. Okay, that's 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 a political hit hit job. Let's get that straight. Mm-hmm. Number two, I predict to you on this show right now that because of all his problems and his cognitive problems, President Biden is going to resign before the before twenty twenty four for health reasons. And then the convention is going to be, is going to be raucous. The Democratic convention is going to be raucous as it was in 1968 when I was a teenager. And I, I, I saw it on TV in front of my eyes. And they're scared of Robert F. Kennedy. And they have nobody really to run out of the banner against President Trump. President Trump gets stronger all the time. Everything they throw at him, he just flows it, flushes it off like, like, like President Reagan, the Teflon president. I want your thoughts Teflon on that. Teflon
1: Don. Yeah. Listen, I, I think you might be onto something. Part of my gut, and I've got a gut, let me tell you, but a part of my gut tells me that Biden will make an exit. I don't know how and where it looks like. I would love for Kamala Harris to run. I would absolutely love it. But here's the thing. I don't believe, uh, and again, maybe there will be a contentious uh, convention for Democrats, but I do believe that their best bet is if they have a sitting president, acting president or newly sworn in president, I think that's their best bet. If I was a Democrat, I would say, get rid of Biden, health concerns, whatever it is. uh, You know, it's time for me to pass the baton. I brought in the first woman of color to be vice president. I'm going to bring in the first woman of color to be president of the United States. Right. And I think he leaves. And that's part of his legacy that he gets to write in the storybook and say, I'm amazing. I brought in the first black president. That's a female. And and then I think Kamala Harris tries to, you know, do an uh, an Obama 2.0 type of thing here saying, you know, what are you going to do? Really? Are you going to try and defeat the first black woman president? And I think that, you know, you you do that and then she goes after Trump like a prosecutor. And I think that's the um, the the angle that they want to take. And I'm thinking that they expect that to work. I believe this woman is incredibly shallow. Uh, I don't believe there's a lot of depth to her. I'm not saying she's stupid. I'm just saying I just don't think she's ready to, to tussle with somebody who's as as prepared as Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or, or anybody else, honestly, in, in the Republican field. These are people, a former ambassador, Nikki Haley, former governor. I mean, these are people that have an enormous amount of experience. Experience that Kamala Harris, she was a state attorney general, and that's not no no small role. But for how long that she was appointed a senator? So uh, I believe that I believe that she would be very easily beaten. Uh, I could be wrong, you know. Maybe it'll be a tough uh, tough fought fight. Uh, however, only time will tell. A lot of people are making um, you know comments about Gavin Newsom or Gretchen Whitmer or any other. I, I just don't see them. Um, you know, I think that's failure to take flight there. I think it's an idea, but I don't think it's going to happen. Maybe Newsom might be a a vice presidential candidate for Kamala Harris. That might be doable. Maybe Phil Murphy in New Jersey. Who knows? But Phil Murphy doesn't strike me as the type that want to do it. Newsom, I think, might. You never know. So that's my my thought with that uh, in terms of that. And in terms of Trump, I think you're right. The, the, The more they throw at him, the better he does. More and more people like him. The other day there was a Uh, um, a rap video of a group that goes by um, Latinos for Trump 2024. And this rap video, they're they're rapping about how they're charging Trump with a RICO case. And there's a lot of discord in in the uh, hip hop music community, or at least some discord, because another rapper named Young Thug, he was indicted by Funny Willis. And there's a lot of rumor, innuendo. I don't, I can't say it's true. I can just tell you what I know about what I've heard about. That Funny Willis is the mother of a child with a rapper, a different rapper. And because she was with that rapper, and there was some sort of rivalry, she decided to prosecute the rapper named Young Thug. And all of Young Thug's um, fans were up in arms, and they they didn't like what Funny Willis was doing. So she already has a little bit of a negative reputation with with a lot of people in uh, in the inner city, in in the urban parts of of Atlanta. So it's interesting to see those same people now are being sympathetic towards Trump. And he's again, black Americans, Hispanic Americans that that are really seeing right through this sham and not because they care about politics or they know the facts of the case. They know about this woman's reputation for being malicious in her prosecution and I think it's all catching up to her. We'll see how it plays out, Doc. But that's my thought. And I think you're right. Uh, uh, and I hope you're right, really. I hope that Biden doesn't run because uh, America needs better, It deserves better. And Joe Biden isn't it. Doc in Wilmington, Delaware. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. You bet. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Big shout out to WDEL in Delaware. Now, we're going to continue with your call straight ahead. We have calls uh, from all over the place. So I'm going to probably. Go to your calls to make sure nobody's on hold, um, you know, at the end of the night, because I covered too many things. But there, there is a story I want to get to about residue found in the air from narcotics use on trains. Yeah, you guessed it. It happened in Seattle, Washington. Apparently, people are sleepless in Seattle and they ride the trains and they get high there. We're going to get to that in a moment. And, of course, uh, your calls, 833-482-5337, 833-4VALDEZ is the number. We're coming right back to your calls and more right here with me, Rich Valdez. It's America at Night. Don't move a muscle.
0: America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now 833 4Valdez. That's 833 482 5337. 833 4Valdez. That's Valdez
1: with an S. All right, America, welcome back. We continue with Open Phone America, a time honored tradition here on this program. And uh, I try to never lose sight of that, right? I think tradition's important. And it, it's always um, an honor to me to 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 be on this microphone once occupied by the late, great Jim Bohannon and prior to him, uh, the late and also great Larry King. And to, to be here with some callers, like Gil from Manila, Philippines, who calls in every now and again, who was a listener of theirs uh, throughout both programs. And we're talking about a program that started the year I was born, 45 years ago, so um, that's always really just a humbling experience, and and, and something that again I am I'm grateful for, and for each and every one of you that listen to this program. And I want to continue with your calls. Let's uh, let's move it to um, Maryland and check in with Frank in Cumberland, Maryland, on WCBC. Frank, what's up? You're on with Rich Valdez. Go right ahead.
13: Recently, we've had some very ugly interracial uh, murders. There was uh, uh, Buffalo, and then there was also a supermarket someplace. I don't know where it was. But my uh, what I'm trying to say is the press doesn't report interracial violence equally. And it, uh, nine out of 10, most crime is inter- uh, among the same race. I mean, whites attack whites and blacks attack blacks. But when the two races do uh, fight uh, nine out of t- or, or commit crimes against the other race, nine out of 10 of those, uh, as I understand it, are black on white. And the press to, makes it look as though so it's just the, the opposite. And a good example is uh, something that happened Dallas, in Dallas, Texas, so I just learned about today, where a Kenyan named Billy Chimirimir, uh was convicted of, of killing, he was convicted of two murders, but apparently he killed 23 or 24 elderly women, and he preyed on them, and at least some of them were white. And the press never reports this, and the average person would get the impression that the police and white people in general are out to kill black people and that is not the true
1: story you know what you're pointing out is is something that's been around for a while, and this type of bias um, was something I just picked up on you know working in this business as a producer when I first started uh, i would just I was always consuming the news and i've noticed way before I even got into this business, honestly. I, I would see stories and I would just look at the headline and judge the headline and, and look at it and say, is that a news headline? You know, like, um, I don't know, let's, President arrives in Sri Lanka for summit with Sri Lankan president. There's a headline, right? Those are facts. Um, it, it, it's a different headline when they spin it the other way. You know, uh, uh, Trump arrives, uh, embattled Trump arrives in Sri Lanka to, to face off with uh, Sri Lankan foe or whatever, you know, when they add all this drama to the headline, you, it's clear that they're editorializing. It's clear that they're not there to just report the facts and give you a story. And we see this type of bias all the time. And I would see headlines and it, it was almost understood that if race was mentioned and it would be in, you know, most of the cases you would see race mentioned, and it was always uh, white, Hispanic, Asian, whatever. They would, for descriptive purposes, they would put it in the article. But when race was missing, it was because it was an African-American perpetrator. And I never understood why uh, until I came up to the conclusion that somebody somewhere felt that if they did that, somebody like Al Sharpton or some other race-baiting, race-hustler type, would come after them and say that you, you're being racist. You're reporting about uh, black people. Why don't you report about other people? And th- this has been a, this is a tactic um, known as Mao right? Where you just keep complaining till you guilt people into submission for what you want to do. And I think it has less to do about race and more to do about political pressure that is put on these people because somebody's trying to, to, to flex some muscle. So imagine if you're a newspaper editor or a reporter and you want to report a story, you're afraid to get labeled with the scarlet letter. You're afraid to get labeled a racist uh, or, or a xenophobe or a homophobe or any other type of phobe. So you start to play by the rules that will keep you safe. And fast forward to a couple of years ago, right, during the George Floyd riots, I, I remember talking to a neighbor You know, I live in a small town in New Jersey. It's about two square miles, uh, northern New Jersey. I'm about four miles from Times Square. And I can tell you that I remember him saying, you know, I, I went to buy a pie of pizza at the pizzeria on our main street here. And he said, while I was there, it wasn't ready. It was in the oven. It was a little hot in the store. I went outside. And while I was outside, the people living above the pizzeria were selling weed, marijuana. And he said, I only know that because people would come, ring the bell. They'd come to the window. They'd say, what do you need? And they'd say, put the money in the mailbox. And they would toss the bag through the window. And he said, I saw it happen three times in the 15 minutes I was waiting. He said, so, you know, he, he grew up in this town. And he uh, saw a cop that he knew. And he said, hey, you know, here's what's going on. They've got a, uh, you know, they're, they're selling weed out of here. You can't do that. That's not the right way to do things. And the cop tells him, not touching it with a 10-foot pole. He says, "What do you mean you're not going to do?" It? And he says, "I'm not doing it. We're n- none of us are." He said, "We well, got a new police chief or whatever it was, and uh, we're we're just you know with the with the way things are going you know, nationally, and you know with all the racial tension, we're just laying off it." And again, this is a police department, a very good police department, mind you, but they were being racially uh, sensitive, right, and choosing to you know selective with enforcement, um, which some would call prudence, others would call you know not you know, not doing it right. And that would be my assessment that that wasn't the right thing to do. But we see this type of bias, and it comes when, when you're, you're at the beck and call of activists on whatever issue, whether it's a race issue or any other issue. Um, same thing with, with the transsexuals, right? That, they, that this has been in the news a lot, but finally it's, it's against popular opinion now, right? At one point they, they were gaining momentum. Where it was it was acceptable to um, you know you know love Trump's hate and you know gay marriage right that was the the precursor everybody was kind of on board with that most people were like look I don't care what you do marry whoever you want love whoever you want it's all good but now with the with the transsexuals and with the situation that you have with the drag queen story hour and all of that this has become something where people are saying you know what I'm not interested. And I'm looking back to my birthday, this was published, May 5th, this year. Majority of Americans believe gender is determined at birth, and they're against biological males and women's sports. That was a poll from May of this year, Cinco de Mayo, my birthday. So when you look at that, it says if if a majority of Americans, and this was a Washington Post KFF poll, if 57% of American adults believe gender is based on sex that's assigned at birth, then... Clearly, this is a losing battle for them. So uh, just another example of how the media started to succumb to that. But now the majority of Americans aren't for it. So you're seeing less and less of it. And I think the Bud Light fiasco was was a good example of that as well. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, you're you're right that there's a lot of uh, reporting that's inaccurate and it's it's based on bias, not racism as much or anything like that. They're just certain people will protect certain groups because they want to control the narrative and they're afraid to face the music from those groups because those groups will come after them and try to cancel them. And sadly, that's the state of affairs in the American media. Frank, I'm um, sorry, not Frank. Uh, I apologize. Um Frank, yeah, Frank. I was looking at the wrong Frank. Frank in, I was going to say Frank in Montana. Frank in Cumberland, Maryland. I want to thank you for your call. I appreciate it. WCBC, big shout out to everybody listening there. We're going to take a quick pause here. Coming back to the rest of your calls.
0: This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4VALDEZ. That's 833 482 5337-833-4VALDES. That's Valdez with an S. Rich Valdez, call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S.
1: All right, America, welcome back. It's still me, Rich Valdez. I'm still here in the middle of a storm. There's a lot of rain coming down. I hear thunder all over the place. So if I cut out... And I go silent. It's because the deep state uh, initiated a storm to hit me with one of those weather weapons. I'm kidding. I want to go to Al in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, WRNN.
7: Yes, sir. Thank you for taking the call. Um, This might be considered a public service announcement. Um, It covers a lot of the things you were just talking about. Um, How hard it is to get a gun in New York. And just the general sa- safety in general. I saw the video the other night of this lady getting beaten with her own cane. And I don't know, I don't know if it was the subway or whatnot, but... Oh, I saw that video. Nine.
1: Brutal. Brutal. Old woman. Oh. Yeah, she was like 70 years old. Some idiot was taping the whole thing on his cell phone. This lady's begging for her life there. And, and some crazy homeless dude with his pants falling off is beating her down with her own cane. Yeah, I saw that video.
7: Yeah, just that you guys are in a very dangerous area and you can't protect no. yourselves.
1: Right. This is why people should be able to carry a gun. Well, you can't. Not I'm everybody here. can do that. I hear you loud and clear. But um, there's a there's
7: a there's a YouTube video that everybody should watch only because it to help them protect themselves. It's called Cain Masters Circle of Masters. Very interesting. Very informative but it'll give you some that you give everybody a chance that cannot carry a gun or or just walking on the streets in New York or a- anywhere actually.
1: Right. And let me tell you, this is a, a very tough situation. People are facing more and more crime. You're seeing older women being beaten up a couple of years ago, uh, an illegal immigrant from Guyana raped and murdered a 92 year old grandmother. And after I'd heard the story, they brought one of the survivors, her, her, uh, her granddaughter, to the uh, White House, and President Trump, uh, you know, honored her family. And I later found out at, at my own family barbecue that the girl was the cousin of the boyfriend of my brother's sister. Like, there was a, you know, six degrees of separation type of thing. And uh, it, I had interviewed her after that, and it was just such a horrible story. But things like that are happening and they're happening all over America. And when they happen in New York, they get they tend to get reported a little more because, you know, it's New York and there's more media. But it's still underreported and it should never happen to begin with. It's it's a shame. But thank you for your call, Al. I agree. And I appreciate you listening and tuning in tonight. Big shout out to everybody in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, W.R.N.N. Let us continue. Let's go to the middle of the country. Paul in Zanesville, Ohio. W H I Z Paul, go right ahead.
14: Uh, good evening, Rich. It sounds like you're battling some gremlins there tonight, um, Rich. I honestly don't know how you do this for three hours straight. Oh yeah, this talking. I really don't. Yeah, um, I sit back and listen. It's easier to listen than it is to talk. But you know, sometimes you got to get the nerve up to call in and talk because it's harder than a lot of people <laughs> think. But anyways, what I had to say was. Um, You know, um, Joe Biden and Donald Trump, okay, Um, years ago, this is back six, seven years ago, when I was listening to Jim Bohan show, the late, great Jim Bohan said all this, which is now happening. He said, we get all these immigrants in here and everything. And um, by the way, it is hard to talk about one thing when you have to listen to four, five, six, seven, eight different things because you're on hold, but that's a great thing because you know everybody's listening. But anyway... Um, you know, I don't want to stroke you too much. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, I think that, the, when, the, uh, Joe Biden said that Donald Trump has never built anything, come on, dude, he built a wall, he built our, uh, military, he built our economy, <laughs> you know, he's for fossil fuels, you know, he stopped all this uh, illegal, uh, immigration. You got all these Democrats whining now about this stuff, and I think that, um, The only way that Donald Trump can win this election is if Joe Biden is impeached, because if Joe Biden is not impeached, they will do everything in their power because they know they have no one. Kamala Harris, get real. Gavin Newsom, come on. Look at California. You know, um, so I I just think that um, and and I'll tell you one other thing as a side. I see more. I, I've worked in a big box store for a while because I, uh, I'm semi retired as an electrician, but I worked in a big box store and I see more hats, shirts, and things like that of Donald Trump. I have not seen one Biden hat in the last three or four months. So if you don't vote for Donald Trump, at least vote for somebody that stands for America. If you hate Donald Trump, that's fine, that's your prerogative. But Joe Biden has done nothing for this country, and I hope that the Republicans get the backbone to go after Biden and his clan and Hunter Biden. That's my feeling. And, you know, I just—I'm beside myself. Um, if, if they had a good Democratic candidate, you know, that I thought could uh, beat Donald Trump, I'm a diehard Donald Trump fan. But if they had a good Democratic candidate, because I come from a Democratic family— you know, that maybe could uh, 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 do something like that. I like that Larry Elder guy. Uh, he's not a Democrat, but I think he was like really snuffed when it came to the uh, 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 the Republican uh, debates there. But um, debates? I just think that the, without Donald Trump, yeah, I, I know I'm rambling on, uh, Rich, but I, I appreciate you listening, and I'm glad that you're carrying on the legacy of um, Jim Bohannon and uh, uh, Larry uh, King.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, Paul. Uh, Thank you for your kind words. And, you know, it's, it's laughable to think it really is laughable to think that anybody could look at Donald Trump and say he he didn't build anything. The guy is a professional builder. (laughs) That's literally what he does for a living. And and you're so right. I mean, Joe Biden has done a lot of things for this country. The problem is none of them are positive right? He's let in all these new people. Uh, millions of people have crossed the border illegally because of Joe Biden. Uh, there's I mean, you name it. There, there's some. we have inflation. We seen. we haven't seen inflation like this in more than four decades. He did that. Right. So there's so many things that he's done, but nothing that he could really proudly take credit for. So I agree with you on everything you said. We, we have to go in a new direction. And whether you like Trump or you don't like Trump, and I also am a fan of Trump's. Uh, We can honestly say Biden is not it and we have to do better. Folks, keep it locked right here. More on your calls coming up right now.
0: This is America at Night with Rich Valdez.
10: Valdez,
6: who, again, will do a fine job, and I know you'll enjoy listening to him.
0: This is America at Night with Rich Valdez.
1: Tommy in Charleston, West Virginia. Go right ahead.
12: Uh, Mr. Valdez, uh, the gentleman uh, was a guest, and he said the media is the media that, but uh, I'm not going to argue with him But please qualify. What does he mean by media? If he means the networks and the big cable and half a dozen newspapers, say so. I was a reporter because when you rag the media, you rag everybody in it. I know it from being at the the lowest level, small weekly newspapers. This is what I did as a reporter. Two occasions. This is what I experienced. You know, Tommy,
1: what's interesting about that, you're right. And this is why I try to do my best to always call out the left within the media, because I believe that's what it is. It's the left within the media that's at work to co opt the media. And it's not the media as itself as an entity, although sometimes in the case of like CNN and Zucker, it was all of them. They were all in it. I don't think they had any Republicans in there. I don't think they had any independents in there. They didn't have anybody that wasn't part of their, their cabal to do what they did. And that stuff was, you know, they were on tape. Uh, some hidden camera. So I I get your point and you're right. We got to keep calling out the left within the media. Shout out to Tommy in Charleston, West Virginia, WCHS, as well as my buddy Frank in Evergreen, Montana, K-O-F-I. You're right. Homeless people in Seattle have dogs. And I would love to talk about that. Give us a call tomorrow, folks. Hasta la próxima. Take care. Good night. And God bless. We made it through the storm. I'm back with you tomorrow. God willing, don't go anywhere. There's more after this.